Hi guys, this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing and we're on episode 61. Um, today we're talking about uh, how to organize a homeschool uh, setting. Now these are just some ideas. Um, they may not be for everyone, but the person that came up with these ideas is April Foster from Inked Brands. And uh, this is how she organized her uh, homeschool room. Uh, she says, I definitely wanted to get an organizational system that worked for our family. So as I show you our classroom, note that this is not the only place that we learn at all, that learning takes place everywhere. And those that have already been homeschooling, you know that, that every place can be used as a teaching a classroom. Now, what she says here is do what works for you. But no matter what you have to do, what works for you and what works for your family. And most of all, your students. Because out of my five kids, let's see, what did she say, family? And most of all, your students, because out of my five kids, as you guys know, no two children are alike. Yes. So it has to be different. You know, there are some things that you can keep the same for every child but every child's way of organ keeping their stuff organized is a little different. Their personalities are a little different. The way they do things are, is always um, every personality. It has to work with your personality. You may have one child that has ADHD and you may t completely have a whole different system for that child um, that won't work for the others and vice versa. So she says, make sure you keep that in mind. And your goals. She says, um, I always first think about how the space is going to be utilized. And so, as I said before, this isn't the only space that learning takes place in. Um, and plus, you may have an apartment that you homeschool in, or you may have a mansion that you homeschool in. Everything has to work around your space and uh, you know how much space you have. She said our overall goal was to create an easy to maintain and comfortable environment for the children to learn in. She says I wanted to put effort into the organization so that I can focus on the learning going forward. She says think about your materials. Okay, so first, think about the things that you'll use together. Um, she says, um, and when we are looking at the materials, we have done a lot of learning in uh, Grandma's house and around her kitchen table or around the island in her kitchen and had previously organized all of our materials into Rubbermaid bins so that they could carry it with them. And as prior to starting this year, we knew that we, our materials we had, the curriculum that we're a part of is called Classical Conversations. And that curriculum has three cycles. 
uh, that repeat over and over and over. So the classical conversations in that curriculum has three cycles, cycle one, cycle two, cycle three, and in each, and then the cycles repeat themselves over and over and over again. So we knew once we had completed cycle three about how much material would be allocated for each cycle and how many, how much curriculum would be needed. Now that you don't add to that, not that you don't add to that, we do, but we kind of had a visual representation of how about looking at all those Rubbermaid bins filled with supplies and how much space that we would need and what we wanted to keep in this room and what we wanted to keep in a long-term storage. So we approached it with that in mind. So first they established major groups. Uh, from there, you might even look at your major groups being history, geography, science, however you want to organize your major groups. We assessed what storage we had first. Um, then what they did was um, to her left, she had a filing cabinet and that we had, and we weren't sure if we wanted to use it, but as we assessed ongoing, we said some of the materials would be perfectly suited for the filing cabinet. So we kept the filing cabinet. She said she also already had a small lower table. It was the boys' train table when they were younger, and we decided that would be a good surface area for them to use. A storage unit oh well going back to the table so there were the pieces that already existed in this room okay filing cabinet and that small table so we also had some built-ins on either side now the storage unit so she said well what are the pieces that we do have what do we want to keep in this room and what else do we need to store these items in uh, these items. So these are questions that she says you need to ask about your space and the furniture and the storage units that you already have and how that will work. Um, so what they did, thankfully we decided to go with the Ikea unit. Because of the pandemic, we probably wouldn't have been able to get or would have wanted to have workers in the house, but we decided to go with the IKEA unit because of the functionality. It it had sliding doors. Um, let's see. It may look big in the it may look big in the space, but it is about 14, 12 by 14 room. And so we needed more space to walk and it would be hard to open the cabinet. If it had doors, it would be harder to open. So they chose the one that had sliding doors because uh, the cabinet doors, because it would bump into the table that the children sit at. So we love the sliding doors. So that's what they picked. They also had the ability to be locked so that when company came over and they had little bitty kids, they weren't tempted to open the doors and pull everything out like little toddlers might do or little kids might do. 
because some of the items in there probably look fun. The science items and some of the games that you use for math, um, it'd be tempting. I can always lock those doors and keep them out of the materials that are organized. Uh, next, she says, make it kid-friendly. The other piece was, which I kind of already touched on, was thinking about keeping it kid-friendly. And so most of our materials, the kids are able to access themselves. It's also very easily labeled or as it's labeled so that they can easily read it and know where the materials are. They are also know exactly where to put things back. And we also chose containers that fit nicely and that's one of the things that I like about the IKEA system. A lot of people use those IKEA systems for their home schooling, but they also use them in their kids' rooms for decor, toys, and clothing because they take up less space and they hold a lot. Um, with the IKEA, it's really nice because the storage boxes fit neatly and line up inside the unit with, you know, just an inch or so to spare. So there's no wasted space. And then she says, label, label, label. Again, I'll mention labels, 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 labels. We love labels, absolutely. If you're an organizational workshop, you probably love labels too. Uh, allow space for growth. Also, they wanted to mention that with homeschool, kids grow. Kids are learning new things. And especially if you have younger children coming up behind them, you may not be able to... Um, retire a lot of your older curriculum because you have young ones that still need to, to use it, like a year or two old curriculum and manipulatives. And so you're going to want to allow space for extra growth as the kids get older. You probably only want to fill it half to two thirds and allow room for growth or the same thing for a cabinet or a piece of furniture. Just make sure that you allow room for growth so that your organizational system continues to grow with you as you add um, things. You need some empty spaces so that you have somewhere to put things. Clean up as you go. Last, we've mentioned on this, we make cleaning up as we go along a priority. It's part of the routine. I can't stand clutter. It makes it hard for me to function. It makes it hard for me to be calm and for the children to not be distracted. So what they did was also we have a designated spot that those materials go in to be put up later so that they're out of the way or they're put up immediately and that's just part of the routine. Um, she said her husband's desk primarily, uh, my husband primarily uses his desk, but it also houses pens and pencils and other little items like dry erase pens. They're easy and never to be accessible no matter what age, they're easy and need to be accessible no matter what age you are. And also it has a full-size chair for one of us to sit in. We decide because this is a small table 
and many times we like the kids to work on activities kind of separately. So working on separate activities and don't need to be bothered or need to spread out their materials, we could have one or two children at the table, one here and then we also added this other desk here, which is folds up. It's attached to the wall with hinges and then it just folds flat. Um, and that gives them extra space when needed, but an extra uh, tabletop when also needed. Um, and the reason why we decided to do a collapsible one is because we still needed access to the storage where they need had storage. So extra storage containers. Um, so all of the, the boxes on the top of the uh, Ikea shelf were empty and, it, and she said she just ordered extra boxes. That would be a big tip is to order extra boxes so that all your materials match. So make sure you order some empty ones uh, that match so that as you grow, you're not scrambling two years from now to find similar storage materials that you have previously. But even if you were to accidentally run out, I'm sure there are some beautiful things that you could buy that would match. I wouldn't worry about that too much, but that is a good tip. Just go ahead and buy some extra while you're at it. Um, especially if you already know how many slots you have and how many you'll need. Okay, in the, in the second, a different section, she had her Bible class materials and a few back stock of just random odds and ends. Um, that's how uh, she's now going over a little bit of the organizational process she has for the IKEA shelves. Um, converse, classical conversations, you have a timeline and you go through and all these cards, they have cards that you have to put in. We put ours into binders to quickly access it for all the years and we wanted these to be protected because the kids will use these from kindergarten all the way up through to graduation. So in this we had our, uh, she had succulents for decoration and some collection of photos and again allowing extra room for storage. We also have all of our timelines so this is where the classical conversations come in. Now, other things that we have space for is magazine file storage solutions, the, those cardboard or those plastic magazine files that you can turn around and you can't see what's in them and all you see is flat surface but, and then you label them and you know what you have in there. Uh, so other things that we have are the magazine file storage solutions and so I could have just put these binders directly into the shelf, but instead decided that they would be nice to have inside of a black file cabinet or filing system so that they'd all kept together. And you know the shelves look nice and neat and I can leave all the magazine files. 
all of our maps that are kept in one and one thing I love about classical conversations is that they do have to memorize all of the maps and so they really do learn geography so I'm excited about that and now back to the sliding doors on her Ikea shelf she's going to talk more about that she says Okay, what's left in the top is more empty boxes and these sliding doors, which I liked the best whenever we got this system. Uh, I was a little, uh, she's, she was worried about them sliding back and forth, but they, they work perfectly. The other feature is it has a locking feature with a little code at the top to lock it, like you would lock a locker. Um, she says, so this will be, she has cycle one, this is cycle two, cycle three, and then in the cabinet, yeah, she has them uh, divided by cycles. And then she has manipulatives. She's ever, uh, able to uh, fit in the extra manipulatives we have um, related to the continents and geography fit in there. There are extra books. They have boxcar children's books, all the magic treehouse books. Um, they keep the schoolroom. They keep all of that in the schoolroom for easy access in case a child wants to read while another one is finishing up on an activity. And then we have some other manipulatives and we've been collecting for this new cycle. And that just started, or it's about to start, which goes over the anatomy. So we have a few extra books that go along with that. So um, then she says some boxes from Ikea. I really like the size because they housed an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. If you need to lay it down flat or they can store them upright. And they also have inserts. They go in within the box if you want to store any manipulatives up there. This one, there, it's like, it has all the space at the bottom and then it has an insert at the top with the little dividers so that it'll hold the manipulatives and then the lid. And um, this one happens to be all about trees, leaves, barks, and seeds. So anything that we do that's related to that, it's in the box. And all of our supplies, we pretty much laminate just about everything because of having so many children. They want to be able to it to last a long time and to reuse it for a while. Uh, so And she likes having windows in her classroom. Um, she also says the piece that I like, the piece that I like about this is that we have the whiteboard on the wall. And so this is an area that the kids are naturally looking at anyway because of the windows. So she puts a, a whiteboard in between the windows. A magnetic board, and, and this is also a magnetic board. And this is the first year we've had this, and I'm so excited about it because we do so much on the dry erase board and the magnetic board that I think that is an area that we're going to, well, we already use it, but I think we're going to continue to use it so much more. 
um, because it's a whiteboard and magnetic board all in one instead of separate. Uh, the other thing that she says she likes about this piece that she's using, um, it's repurposed piece, but in this drawer, it's, it's like a filing, a, a cabinet, filing cabinet drawer. We organize all the manipulatives. Uh, so this goes with week 15 in her, they file it so that it's by week. Week 15 in the curriculum, so it's labeled week 15 on the bag. Then it's also labeled with week 15 on any other manipulatives that happen to go into the bag. Um, yeah, some of this is a little bit hard to visualize, but she's just using all of the spaces that she can. And then um, they have extra space to store more manipulatives as they get older. Um, and then she has storage boxes for all of the children. So a little bit about this, the other side of her room, she has shelves and all the kids' storage boxes for when they were young. Now all of that takes, uh, she's talking a lot about memory bins and all of that. And since that isn't really part of homeschool, I think I'm gonna skip that. She does use it to save her kids' artwork. Uh, so then now we're gonna go and talk about the bins that she uses for art supplies. The other items, I'm imagining that all of what she's talking about is from Ikea. So you can find all of this at Ikea and if she has any links to her uh, blogs or any of that, I will leave that at the end so that you can check her out and find all of the things that she likes for her homeschool that she bought at Ikea. So all of this is Ikea. The other items that I have on these shelves are kind of arts and craft things. These are ink pads, these are stamps, and over there I have other items like things for sewing, painting. You know, these are all things she teaches in the homeschool setting. And she's got unlabeled storage boxes as well uh, to store things that the kids are actively working on that are not going to stay there permanently. It's just unfinished projects um, and they stay in a box so it looks all nice and neat. Um, and she keeps all the craft supplies in these white boxes. They, um, craft supplies so that kids can easily see and identify what items they want to work with and they're all labeled. Um, we do a lot of map work, a lot of geography work, so I thought I, it would be nice to have a large map on the wall. Um, also on the side of the room, we have a stack of papers there that this goes with our newest venture, but it also has other coloring sheets. Um, I think that we're gonna skip over that because it's, um, she just talks about how she displays the kids' artwork above the door with a piece of yarn or a string or a uh, cable to hang artwork, this cable up here over the door. And then they hang all their artwork 
up there so that you can see it right when you go in or out of the room. And um, and that's it. I guess I'll just do a review. Hopefully the review will be a little bit clearer because it was hard uh, telling you some of the stuff because she had she showed us the stuff in her room and I wasn't able to show you the stuff in her room on the podcast. So let me go over what we just talked about in a more organized way so you can um, have a recap. She says, go on a tour of April's homeschool room and learn great organizing tips to make learning less stressful and more fun for your children. And you weren't able to see the tour, so it might, this might help. No matter what you have to do, what works for you and what works for your family, and the most of all, your student. No two children are alike, so sometimes you have to learn and you have to use different systems or different curriculum to adapt. Now she says, so I've always, always loved to organize. And so as we sought to homeschool our kids, there was, it, there was no difference there. I definitely wanted to get an organizational system that would work for our kids. Uh, so April says, no matter what space you are looking to organize, always first think about all the space that's going to be utilized. Make your overall goal to create an easy to maintain and comfortable environment for your children to learn. Expect to expand your collection and order extra boxes so that all of your materials match as you grow. If possible, have windows in your homeschool room so that you can look out and be distracted from learning for just a portion of the day. Maybe build that distraction into your uh, curriculum. Uh, everybody needs a good distraction. As long as it's not a distraction all day, and be adaptable. Your kids are growing, their interests are changing, so you need to check in throughout the year to make sure that the systems are continuing to grow for you and are aiding in the learning process as opposed to working against it. And then I'm, in my opinion, I'm thinking of the windows. I guess if you have shades on them when they're too, when it's too distracting outside or distracting at the wrong time, you could pull the shades, but I do love windows. Now, here are some action steps she says to take. First, establish major groups like your history, geography, science, etc., so you know what you want to organize. Look at the pieces of furniture you already have in your home and decide what you want to use in your classroom and what else you will need to store items. And in her case, she bought the uh, big Ikea cabinet. Make your schoolroom kid-friendly and especially accessible for your children. Make cleanup a priority and a part of your homeschool routine 
And then last, label all of your storage containers. If they're full and have things that are being actively used, then have the label point out so you can tell which containers are full and which containers are empty. Because remember, she said make sure you have some empty containers so that you have room to grow and all your stuff is still matching. All right, I hope this was helpful for the homeschoolers out there, and I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for watching.